On 15th August, Taliban militants seized control of Afghanistan's capital, almost two decades after they were driven out of Kabul by the U.S. troops. After 20 years of war, billions of dollars and countless lives lost, it took the Taliban less than two weeks to seize control of Afghanistan again. Hello everyone and welcome to For the Love of Pod, brought to you by the finance and investment cell of Hindu College, University of Delhi. We are Manya and Niyati and this episode is not going to be easy by any means. Despite years of reading about the war against terrorism, the invasion of Afghanistan and the constant Taliban presence, Niyati I don't think any of us could have anticipated the heartbreaking events of the past few weeks. Right. But Manya, for those who might not be keeping up, could you break down what has happened in the country recently? Definitely. So, on February 29, 2020, the United States and the Taliban, after having been at war for over 19 years, signed the historic Agreement for Bringing Peace to Afghanistan. According to the agreement, the Taliban will prevent anyone from using Afghan soil to threaten the United States and their allies. And they'll enter into negotiations with other Afghan sites to forge a country that is also at peace with itself. In return, the US promised to withdraw its military forces from Afghanistan. But once this agreement was signed, the tragic collapse that we witnessed was inevitable. You know, the first question that comes to my mind from this is, how did all of this even start? Like, what was the beginning of the end? Well, let's just start with uh, how exactly the Taliban came into power, okay? The Taliban, which stands for students in Pashto, is an Islamic group, okay? They emerged in the civil war that followed the withdrawal of Soviet troops in 1989. They vowed to fight corruption and improve security, but as we all know, it was all a mess. Their rule in the 1990s was characterized by systematic violations against women and girls, cruel corporal punishments, including executions, and extreme suppression of freedom of religion, expression, and education. They systematically seized control of the country by occupying Kabul in 1996. And by 1998, they had taken control of almost the entire country. Then, in 2001, came 9-11. Right, yes. 9-11-2001. The date that changed the course of history. The US was responding to the attacks in New York and Washington in which nearly 3,000 people were killed. Officials deemed the Islamist militant group Al-Qaeda and its leader Osama bin Laden as responsible. Bin Laden was in Afghanistan under the protection of the Taliban, which refused demands by the US government to extradite him. And so, the US Special Operations Forces, allied with Northern Alliance fighters, launched a series of military operations in Afghanistan that drove the Taliban from power by early December 2001. 
after a period of transitional interim government, a republic was established in 2004. But, as we all know, the new government struggled well into the 21st century to secure centralized authority over the country against a powerful Taliban insurgency. Now that we've established how it all started, I want to discuss the impact of this whole thing. The Afghans have paid the highest price. Since 2001, at least 47,000 civilians have been killed in the war as of mid-April. The Afghan government keeps the toll among its soldiers secret to avoid undermining morale, but cost of war estimates the war has killed around 69,000 Afghan soldiers. Yeah, and uh, the economic impact of this has been colossal, to say the least. The US has spent a stunning total of $2.26 trillion on a wide variety of expenses. This includes $800 billion in direct war-fighting costs and $85 billion to train the vanquished Afghan army. You know, since 2001, there has been a lot of progress in the country, with several indicators like life expectancy and literacy rate rising significantly. Opportunities for education have grown and life in the cities has improved, with residents now having access to clean water. Even child marriage has declined. Girls' enrollment in primary school has nearly doubled and more women have entered college and served in parliament. But the future seems bleak. The US withdrawal has set the country back by 200 years. This is such a huge threat to the people of the country, especially the marginalized groups. They are at the highest risk. And not just that, Afghanistan's acting central bank governor fled Kabul as Taliban fighters took control of the capital, with the political turmoil pushing the nation's currency to a record low. Afghan President Ashraf Ghani also fled the country, abandoning the presidential palace to Taliban fighters. Yeah, and the Afghani currency fell as much as 1.7% in mid-August to 83.5 per dollar. The central bank was told there would be no more dollar shipments which further curtailed its ability to supply currency and led to even more panic. It's heartbreaking to even think about it now. To think of all those women who have been forced out of the workplace and back into their homes. The fact that women's rights have been set back by at least 200 years. And Nyati add to that a population which feels the need to flee from their own country, fearing for their lives. It just all feels like it came out of a dystopian novel. So, Nirti, what can we do now? Well, this brings to mind a poem I rather like by a German priest post the Second World War. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a socialist. Then, they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then, they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then, they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. What we can do is choose not to forget, choose not to move. We can choose to speak out and raise awareness. We can choose to learn more, and we can choose to work to make this world better. Those parting words might stay with us for a long time. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. 
do check out our Instagram at the rate FIC Hindu, our website and our other podcasts on Spotify. And always remember that knowledge is power. Take care and stay safe. Thank you.